Are you protecting all of your campers from a camp ruining sunburn? Rocky Mountain Sunscreen has bulk quarts and gallons that are both cost-effective and easy for mass application. Place a gallon at the lake. It's water-resistant for 80 minutes. Get some for the bunks. It's hyperallergenic, nut-oil-free, gluten-free, fragrance-free. Buy broad-spectrum, budget-friendly, bulk quarts and gallons from rmsunscreen.com. Rocky Mountain Sunscreen, the best for your camp. Hello, Camp Wire listeners. Thanks for listening to the American Camp Association's podcast on all things camp. I had a request recently to say my name when I open up each episode. Um, I think I have, but it's been a while. So my name's Sam Hurt. I do uh, PR and some other media communications related things for ACA. And I'm lucky enough to get to produce these podcasts. Um, so if you were wondering whose mysterious voice was on here before, it's mine. Um, today's an awesome episode. Uh, our professional development team interviewed the staff training guru, Michael Brandwine. Michael has a reputation that is truly international. He has presented in every one of the 50 states and on six of the seven continents. I'll let you decide which continent or guess which continent he has not presented on. Um, but maybe in time. Uh, last year, Michael was the keynote speaker at the International Camping Congress held in Russia for uh, about 1,250 camp professionals from over 30 different countries. He is the number one best-selling author of camp training and supervision books, including Training Terrific Staff, Super Staff Supervision, and Skill of the Day, What Great Leaders of Young People Do and Say. Michael has just published his sixth book. His newest bestseller is called Growing Great Qualities in Kids, the laser beam technique for bringing out the best in young people. Michael wrote and presented three TV programs on communicating with youth. These programs have received an Emmy. He is a former national board member of the American Camp Association, and in the next four weeks, Michael will do staff training for individual camps in 14 different states in Canada. We're really excited that he was able to join us right before he kind of takes off to go do all those staff trainings. And I thought it would be cool this time for, uh, for him to speak with not just me or not just one other um, ACA staff member, but with actually four ACA staff members who are our PD team. So the reason that I asked the, our professional development team to uh, do this interview with Michael is because the PD team, they're the ones who are responsible for all of our events, uh, local office events across the country. Um, so if you're hanging out in ACA uh, Rocky Mountain and you go to their you know, conference in the fall or winter, um, then that's because of Brandon Mitchell, who is the Western um, PD manager. And same, that the same thing goes for Central with Betsy Thamert and for the Eastern region with John Beitner. So they, in those regions, kind of handle those events with the lots of volunteers and the help of our other staff members. Um, so they're uh, familiar with kind of what staff are looking for and um, as far as training trainings go and learn uh, learning opportunities and they've they've all uh, they all know Michael because of that uh, and have worked with Michael. And they are led by our um, their team leader Kim Brosnan who uh, kind of helps in any way she can to get those events running from uh, out of our uh, national office. So uh, th- I thought they would be a great 
great um, team to use to interview Michael. Thanks again for joining us on Campwire. Uh, we're lucky to have Michael Brandewine today uh, with our professional development team. Um, so we've got we've got Michael on here, and we've got um, John Beitner and Brandon Mitchell and Betsy Thammer and Kim Brosnan, all from ACA too as well. Um, gonna and we're gonna kind of jump right in because we got a lot to talk about um, and uh, for for staff training. So, I, uh, Michael, I heard you're going to be at 22 camps in the coming days. Is that right? Yes. Everyone should buy stock in airline companies. <laughs> uh, yeah, in a week in 14 wow. different states. And so, Canada. when you have, I'm sure, a great idea when you get to these camps, sort of um, how their camp culture may be thriving or maybe not be thriving. I know that you spend a lot of time talking about that. And I think that's kind of where we're going to start today. Uh, Brandon, I think you've got a question on maybe on camp culture. Michael, how can our camp staff trainers communicate, share, incorporate, or train camp culture? Uh, they can't. Any other questions? <laughs> <laughs> camp culture, yes. Uh, well, um, there are so many ways to do that, and uh, I'll give as a first example something that I hope will delight everyone because they're very busy at this time of year, and this is something that you can and should delegate. Um, uh, one of the most important parts of uh, staff training is making sure that we model during staff training what we want staff to do when campers arrive. So I call that the PDP, or pass-down principle. My pass-down principle basically says that the way we train staff, and uh, Brandon, uh, the, in light of your question, the way we uh, create the kind of culture for staff is the way we want to uh, model for staff how to create a culture for their groups and their activity areas, et cetera. So um, we begin creating that culture right away and applying the pass-down principle. What we can do is make sure, as one example, to greet staff when they arrive in a way that will show staff how we need to greet campers and in appropriate instances their parents if they're dropping their children off. So I always suggest every year that you uh, create a great greetings group. A great greetings group is a small group of maybe two, possibly three people. They can expand it if they want. But you just assign the responsibility to these few people to figure out what we're going to do when staff arrive and how we're going to professionally greet them. Because then that becomes a, an example of demonstrating a warm culture and a professional culture and a, um, uh, an environment in which staff will feel welcome and safe and comfortable and connected with everyone. I hope we can all agree that those are things that we want our campers to feel as well. So basically what you do is uh, um, at this time of year, you, uh, as a compliment to someone, you uh, call them up, 
that's better than email, I think, speaking of culture and connecting mm -hmm. with people, but have a nice warm conversation with them and say, we're thinking this year of making sure that we greet everyone in a really great way when staff arrive. And so we'd like to have a committee, we'll call it the Great Greeting Group. And what I would like you to do, Brandon, is I would like you to get a couple of people with you. I'm going to suggest uh, um, uh, Betsy is a suggestion. I think she would be great. And the two of you just think of some things that we can do. And I can brainstorm with you for just a minute or two here of some ideas that I've started to think of. The idea here, of course, is that we prime the pump for them so that they have some idea of what we're talking about. And I'll do that for you here, too. So, for example, um, what do staff see when they arrive at camp? Sometimes they, uh, and this will be different for resident camps and uh, day camps where sometimes over 100 people or 60 people or more are showing up the same 15 or 20 minutes. Uh, but when staff arrive, what do they see? Do they see balloons? Do they see banners? Do they see posters that have our mission on it? Does it say we're going to build great kids and we're going to have fun? Does it answer the question, what are we all doing here? This kind of celebratory visual is really important. Uh, is music playing? It doesn't have to, but if so, what would that music be? Is it just from someone's iPod or does the music make some sense uh, in terms of our mission? Um, uh, also, uh, the committee is in charge of having people available to uh, personally greet staff one-on-one. -on -one. That's something I'm real big on. I think that it's important in the culture to not just greet a group of kids, but we also, with staff, want to greet them one-on-one. -on -one. So everyone should have a one-on-one -on -one greeting, and uh, this is really important. That greeting should include uh, looking people in the eye while shaking their hand and using their name. Those are three touch points that are very important. So uh, sometimes when we run uh, conferences, uh, when we're registering people, we've all been in that situation where you go up to the table and someone says last name, which is not a great greeting. What we want to do instead is to say, hi, welcome. We are so glad you're here. We've been waiting for you. Uh, Brandon, it's so great to see you. I'm Michael. Uh, I shake your hand. I look into your eye. I ask you how your trip in was. And uh, I tell you how excited we are to see you. And it's not just one person doing this. You just get a committee doing Doing it. I, I just want to add one note. Um, I've sometimes um, uh, <laughs> I've sometimes uh, been picked up in an airport by uh, someone from a camp, and I'm going to do their staff training the next day. And at the airport are some other staff who have flown in as well. Often these are from other countries other than the United States. And so I've gotten to see through their eyes what it looks like showing up at, say, a resident camp in this instance. Um, and not knowing anybody or where anything is. And uh, to have a couple of people say, hi, welcome, but you know, then there isn't any immediate follow-up or some connection. And I look at their faces and I see them uh, you know, a, a, a pale sometimes, uh, wondering, did I make the right decision? Am I in the right place? So this is always a reminder to me, that visual, of how important it is to be sure that the greeting is done really well. Uh, a couple of other suggestions is, um, uh, uh, of course, as part of a great greeting, whether day camp or resident camp, it would be wonderful if uh, Brandon's uh, great greeting group had a few people that were ready to run some games that are about learning people's names. This should be done uh, often when people are arriving, something isn't starting within the next minute or so. There's plenty of time for people to uh, play for a moment and uh, demonstrating these games and actually using them for staff to connect with each other is a wonderful thing.
uh, beach balls in the air uh, used in a name game, uh, things that are colorful and things that look fun and reinforce my decision as a staff person to be there. Mm-hmm. So great, great greeting groups is a great example of culture. Uh, do you want a few more examples? Sure. Yes, please. Okay. Um, uh, another way to create a great culture is to, um, uh, let's stay on the subject of, of connecting people. When you pass things out during uh, staff training, um, one of the things I like to do is I go down the center aisle and I pass a pile of paper. And um, uh, if you've seen me speak at conferences, you know that's, that's my uh, way of distributing uh, handouts and things. I go down the center aisle, and if there's eight people on those benches, uh, I have them in piles of eight, and I hand uh, the pile of eight to somebody on the aisle. What I ask them to do is when they take the pile of paper from me, I uh, ask them to thank me and use my name. So they say, thank you, Michael. I may even shake their hand, and I always look into their eyes. And then the game is that when they turn to the person to their left or right and continue to pass out the paper, then what they do is say the same thing with them. So, for example, Brandon, you would turn to uh, to John, and uh, John would say, thanks, Brandon, and he would look you in the eye and might shake your hand as he takes the pile of seven pieces of paper and then goes on to distribute um, to, uh, to Kim uh, to his left. So um, these are little tiny things that cost no money. They're little details, but it's from details that great cultures are built. And it shows, again, a warm way of connecting with campers and using their names and shaking their hands and being sure we look them directly in the eye. And uh, those are two specific examples. I have tons more, but I know you have many more questions. I hope these are things that won't take a lot of time from people and which most importantly, you can delegate. You don't have to be in charge of them yourself. You just blame Brandon. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you, Michael. <laughs> well, you know, even that delegation helps to add to the culture. So that's great. Thank you. You know, Yes, good point. Uh, exactly. Right. Yeah. In fact, can I just comment that when staff see that people other than the bosses are involved in this, this is a very important statement for them. So, for example, please note that the person in charge of the greeting is uh, maybe a new staff person who's going to work with Brandon. See, I might say to Brandon, you know what, there's this new guy named Mark, and he's in archery, and uh, I'd really, you know, archery is so isolated, they're way out in a corner there, I really want to involve this guy from the beginning, I think he's got lots of potential, would you mind calling or emailing him, I'll make the introduction, and would you involve Mark in this? So it's a great, it's a great compliment, by the way, to Brandon to be uh, working this group, and it's a compliment to everyone else in it, because they meet everybody in a very prime, spotlighted position. Right. A lot of the questions we're asking today about staff training are are things to address, you know, when we have staff fresh and ready to start the summer. But it's always a challenge once we get rolling later into the summer and combating late summer fatigue. Do you have any suggestions on how camps can do that? How can they combat fatigue? Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, in fact, uh, uh, Kim, the uh, the irony of this is that it starts in the very beginning, too. So I suppose this is a, a good question to follow. Right. Yeah. In the very beginning, you can do things to head off the uh, uh, burnout or crispy around the edges, as people sometimes say, that will often affect camps in midseason. It's one of the most frequent questions I get, uh, I get asked. And I always start by saying, well, let's start before the campers arrive. So here's a couple quick suggestions. 
Uh, I got to pick. Uh, okay, first suggestion would be the envelope. Um, what you do is you pass on an envelope to every one of your staff. Uh, this is uh, during your uh, staff development time before campers arrive. And you ask them to write a letter to themselves. It's brief, it's only one side of a piece of paper. And uh, the letter is about their goals and how they would like to grow and how they would like to um, uh, change in positive ways, what they would like to get out of the summer for themselves. Um, I can give you some details about that in a moment. And then what they do is seal the envelope uh, and they uh, self-address it and they give it to their unit leader. Um, I strongly suggest that they not just turn it in in a big pile in the front of the room. I wouldn't do that. I would have them turn it into the person on the leadership team who's responsible for them. And then that person should look them in the eye, shake their hands, and say, thanks for taking the time to do this. It's important to give those unit, um, uh, those uh, leadership team members uh, an opportunity to have connections like this with their team as early as possible. And um, then, of course, as you've guessed, uh, midsummer, this is a time for them to have that mail delivered and have them take a look at the things that they were hoping to do and accomplish and this is something that helps them uh, take a fresh look at what they're doing there and what they want to get out of it. Um, uh, some of you uh, who are listening may be familiar with uh, my uh, super staff supervision book and I explain there that there are six paths that members of the leadership team walk every day. Six paths uh, is the way I describe six areas of responsibility. So path three, if I'm remembering right, yes, path three is uh, support staff and help them grow. So uh, this is a great way to start supporting them to head off the burnout and possible fatigue. So uh, I think it's important uh, to have what I call a, a G and G or goals and growth conversation one-on-one -on -one with every staff person, if not before the campers arrive, at least by the time the first week is concluded. So uh, in day camp, sometimes there's less time for training and they're, they're, uh, the campers arrive more quickly. Um, so uh, sometime during that first week, that's very important. And a goals and goals conversation is just um, uh, an opportunity for a couple of minutes to uh, ask a, a staff person, Kim, this question. So what I would say is, uh, Kim, um, I'm so glad you're on our team. Uh, I just want to ask you a quick question. We mentioned it during uh, the training session, but I uh, would like to know uh, your answer to this or get you to start thinking about it. What would you like to get out of this summer for yourself? Uh, how would you, what, what things of value, how would we want our kids to grow? What would you like to do in terms of growth and what would you like to get out of it for you? Now, I will give you a heads up um, because uh, all of you select excellent staff, they will frequently, I just wanted to give you a, a warning, uh, uh, Kim will often say, oh, I want the kids to have a great time and I want them to be more confident. Smile and uh, say to her, yes, that's why we picked you, because you're always putting the kids first. That's exactly what we do at our camp. But this is something about Kim. This is something about you. What do you want to get out of this? And then she'll fight you. If she's really good, she'll say, well, that's what I want to get out of it. I want this to be great for the kids. And then smile again, but don't let her get away with that. Be sure that you ask her, what are some things that you would like to develop? What are some ways in which you'd like to grow? Just as we want the kids to do, we want to be a model of that ourselves. You will probably need to make some suggestions. Uh, and I'll, if I can, I'll just give you a quick um, 
a quick suggestion. Um, uh, what I do, as I say, Kim, there's no wrong answer to this. It's not a test. It's our, my way of supporting you and making sure you have a great summer. For example, a lot of people I talk to, Kim, um, would like to be better in front of large groups. So in other words, they'd like to be more comfortable making announcements because someday they'll give toasts at weddings and, you know, some people pass out when they know months in advance that they're going to have to do that. It ruins the whole experience for them. Would you like to be more comfortable up in front of an entire group and getting their attention? I can make that happen. We can support you in giving you practice in how to do that so that you're completely comfortable with talking in front of others. Uh, another example might be, uh, Kim, you're an engineering student at university. Would being a creative person, would having more creative tools help you in getting a job and uh, applying the engineering you're learning? I'm assuming you don't have many college courses courses in creativity in the College of Engineering, and then she'll laugh and say, heck no. And then you say, well, that's something we could make happen too. Um, accomplishing more, uh, becoming more creative and getting more creative skills would be a, a terrific thing for me, she says. And so you say, we can make that happen. So that might be a goal uh, for growth or something that you'd like to get out of it. Once I, the leadership team member, know that, and I've had this conversation, I make a note of that. And then uh, three weeks from now, when we're having our carnival day, I go up to Kim and I say, uh, as you know, um, uh, Sam is one of the most creative people here. He's in charge of carnival day. You know, can we free up some time? I'll help you do that for you to sit with Sam and see what kind of questions he asks and how he approaches this uh, to make it uh, more creative and fun than it even was last year. Because when you hang around creative people, you learn what they do and what they ask, and that helps you be creative too. Um, uh, so this is an example of giving people something to look forward to and something for them to work on. Burnout and fatigue often comes, I think, because um, people get good enough at their jobs to be able to do it without the same level of energy they did when they started. In other words, they got the job down. Now, now what do you have for me? So right. they need to be continued to be challenged. And they need to, uh, if, if we challenge them with something we think is important, Kim, that's not going to help. But if it's something that um, is important to them and something we've been talking about and it's a, it's a value to them, then uh, that's how you motivate people, by giving them things of value. So this gives us a conversation to have throughout the summer, and it's something that's directed by their needs, not others. If it's helpful to anyone, um, uh, I have a, a, a handout. I always have a handout. My uh, family always says I can't go to the bathroom without a handout. Um, uh, and I have admitted that both of my boys had handouts at their birthday parties, but I'd really rather not get into that. Um, uh, I have a handout that's uh, uh, from the book. It's called Goals and Growth. It's just a one-page thing that you can give to staff. I'd be happy to send it to you if you want to give you a PDF of it. Um, uh, all you have to do is email me at uh, uh, mail, M-A-I-L, at michaelbrandwine.com. Uh, I'd be happy to send for, uh, to you, just ask for the goals and growth thing. But what it does is it describes what I said to your staff for them to read, and it has some examples at the bottom, about 10 examples of things that they might consider to be valuable because a lot of young staff don't know how to set goals for themselves to prevent burnout and prevent fatigue. And this will help them do that. Those are great ideas, and we'll make sure that that email is available for people as well that access this podcast. Thanks, Michael. Those are great. Can I, can I just um, uh, throw in the fact that um, whatever training you do after the campers come is all an answer to Kim's great question.
Um, you may also be uh, um, uh, in training terrific staff volume two. I defined SD one and SD two. SD one is staff development one. That's what I call the time that we train before the kids arrive. Uh, please don't call it pre-camp. It's really important not to call it that. It's not a mistake. It's just a missed opportunity. If you call it, um, uh, and I call it, you know, staff development. That is a more professional name for it. But when you call it pre-camp, they think camp hasn't started yet, and it has started. Uh, this goes back to your first question, Brandon, about culture. Camp starts the minute you set foot on the property. It has nothing to do with whether the kids are here or not. So I don't call it pre-camp. Camp has started the minute you show up. And um, that's staff development one. But where we all fall down, of course, because we're busy running great camps, is SD2. SD2, staff development two, is um, the training that we do that's ongoing. And so so of course, any comprehensive question uh, answer to Kim's question about fatigue has got to be that every week we need to be giving them bursts of skills. We need to be giving them things to be working on this week. So uh, week four in the middle of July, for example, we might be working everybody and we just announce this to staff. And uh, when camps say, well, we're a day camp, we don't have staff meetings. Um, that's a separate issue we could get into another time, but um, you can even announce it in front of the kids if you want to. There's, there's, um, uh, there's no reason why we can't announce to staff that it, we're going to be working on uh, asking questions, that we all learn better by answering questions and not being lectured at. And so what we're doing is this week working on whatever we're instructing or whatever activities or games we're leading, we're going to try to ask more questions and uh, celebrate questions, which is great for our kids kids' brain and uh, great for their independence and their thinking. And if everybody has that to work on and focus on uh, in, say, week four of camp, that uh, SD2 approach, the staff development two approach, or what I call skill of the day, I like to have a different skill every day. Um, uh, sure. And uh, those are really great ways for them to, uh, to uh, uh, continue their energy and uh, continue to grow their professional skills. These are great. Thank you. Excellent. Excellent. So Michael, I'm a big fan of your handouts. This is John and, uh, and, John. Of, and of your books as well. So uh, pinning back to the, the goal setting for the summer and that, that staff person that uh, really sees the campers development in their character skills um, as an important goal, given the power of camp to teach character skills, what are the techniques supervisors can use to train staff in the potential for developing character in campers? And what are some of your favorite parts of the camp experience for developing character that are less obvious than things like the ropes course or the art center? Ah, wow, cool question. Okay. Um, so what you're asking is um, how we can develop character uh, as part of our mission and do it in the less obvious places. Do I have it? Does that's, that sound? That's exactly right. Is that it? Okay. Um, well, uh, funny you should mention that. Uh, that's the book I just finished, um, Growing Great Qualities in Kids. And um, uh, uh, what, what that approach is about is starting at the end. What you do is you identify what are the uh, character traits, the qualities, as I like to call them, that we want in kids. Uh, that's step one. Step two is what are the behaviors that demonstrate those qualities? This is part of preparation for camp and accomplishment of our mission. And then um, what we do is we look at each activity area, which is what your question addresses, John, and you identify what can we do with this activity area to identify and practice those skills 
that demonstrate confidence or those skills that demonstrate um, uh, kindness or caring or compassion? Uh, what skills can we um, uh, develop while doing this particular activity? So uh, uh, you've asked, I, I love the way you asked the question because you said non-obvious areas. That's a wonderful thing for people to start thinking about now. Okay, so the problem is there's an abundance of them. Let me just pick one at random here. Let me go with, um, uh, uh, let me go with eating. Okay, um, eating at camp is often uh, ignored as anything other than just a break and a time for people to just refresh, staff included, and to uh, nourish themselves. Uh, I think that there's so much more we can get out of mealtime. And uh, again, some of you will be familiar with uh, the coin that I termed years ago. I call it the intentional camp. This is a term I made up years ago that describes a camp that is driven by the answer to one question, which is, why are we here? And um, what you do is you say at lunch, so why are we here at lunch? Well, to feed them because they're hungry. Okay. But John's question is about character. So what are some elements of character that you can develop at lunch? Well, that's easy. One of the elements of character you can develop is um, getting kids to learn how to make conversation. And meals are an outstanding time to do that. So when I'm at a camp and they're just eating and just having conversation generally, that's good. But uh, gooder, as I like to say, would be if we made sure that at every table or around every tree or picnic table, um, that uh, they were um, learning some conversational skills. So one of the things a camp uh, uh, counselor or leader at one of those tables uh, uh, or trees uh, inside, outside can do is to say, uh, uh, allow the regular conversation, lunch starts, and then just say, um, uh, you know what, we're going to interview John today. We're going to ask John about it um, uh, and then just decide what you want. You know, John likes sports. We all know that. So let's ask him about sports or let's ask him about um, uh, things that he would like to do when, when he grows up or whatever question you want. And people practice. Uh, here comes questions again. You know how I love questions. Uh, they learn how to ask questions, which is how to make conversation. Kids don't just automatically know that. And there are a lot of our staff that have trouble making conversation. This is a great way to connect with other people and have uh, the characteristic of friendliness, of being able to have the good interpersonal skills to connect with others. So what are other things you could do at lunch? Well, one you could do is, and I'm just picking lunch as a random meal, um, you can uh, uh, have um, uh, a question of the day. So for example, um, I always urge my clients to have uh, 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 people make at arts and crafts, and I mean campers at arts and crafts, uh, a thing with a clothespin, and it can be designed any way, that will clamp some laminated cards. And then you just put questions on laminated cards, and they can be rotated from table to table. And the questions are an opportunity for them to listen to each other and to uh, question each other. These are fun questions, um, like you know, uh, one I used uh, decades ago was, if you were at a circus, what part of the circus would you be? It can be a person or a thing and why the and why is the most important part of the question because that teaches people to ask follow-up questions this is facilitated that is encouraged and modeled by the staff person sitting at the table but what great way to get kids to connect a third thing you can do um, is um, you can uh, you can have them rotate uh, one of uh, my admittedly crazier ideas is I love to have them switch seats in the middle of every meal 
even if they're sitting outside on the ground uh, at day camp, perhaps. Um, uh, so uh, when the bell rings or a funny uh, noise-making instrument, uh, everyone gets up and sits next to a different person. Because we all know that when you sit at a table, even with uh, adults, we make more conversation with the people that we are seated with immediately. And you do this every meal. It's just part of camp tradition. And that's another way of getting people to connect with people who aren't necessarily your best friends. And that's a very important thing for us to develop a characteristic in our children. Uh, I'll give you one more, John. Um, uh, I like meals to have sponsors. Um, I love this. Uh, you just go to uh, John's group and you say, John, you're a bunch of fifth or sixth grade boys. Um, what we would like you to do is be the sponsor of breakfast at resident camp or the sponsor at lunch on day camp on Thursday. Uh, what does the sponsor do? Well, at minimum, you will greet everybody as they come to the meal. And uh, how do we greet? Let's talk about that. And uh, right, you can shake their hands and you can look them in the eye and you can ask them their name and you can say your name and introduce yourself. And it's kind of like a wedding line, a reception line. Uh, we don't use that term for, for them, um, but uh, it's a way for them to get used to greeting people that they are not best friends with. And what a warm greeting for people who come in for the meal. Uh, more advanced things that the sponsor can do is to have a little easel there with a big, uh, or uh, just take a big poster board and make a colorful version of today's menu and make up creative names for the menu. So we're not serving spaghetti today. What will we call it? We're not serving oatmeal today. What will we call it? Um, it these are to be attractive things and fun things. Um, and I've, <laughs> I've had clients do this and the kids, they're, they're just amazing. They make up a song. They make up a rap to welcome everybody at the beginning of the meal. They really get into this and uh, they're the sponsor of that meal. Uh, additional things they can do, of course, is help set the tables for the meal. They come a little bit early for this particular meal at resident camp. And so there are so many different ways to teach them responsibility and uh, to give them that. Um, I'm, I'm going to, uh, I lied, John, there is one more. Can I sneak one more in really quickly? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. One of my favorite examples, and I apologize, I probably should have said this first, but the easiest thing to do, the easiest thing to do to teach, uh, to, to help our kids become better people and more responsible and uh, more skilled at uh, the interpersonal kinds of things, social, emotional learning kinds of things, um, is to have them assist in making announcements. Every camp in the universe has announcements made at meals. And I don't get why the adults are the ones who almost always do it. There's really no reason why you can't have Betsy up there and uh, uh, bring Betsy up uh, if you want, the adult can get everyone's attention if you want that, although I love the kids. I love talking to the kids about how they get the attention of hundreds of people who are noisy. But apart from that, once they're quiet, Betsy can stand next to you. And I, I've had people say, well, you know, uh, she's shy or, you know, she's not going to, she'll, she'll bumble the words. One of the things I do is I just stand next to Betsy, the camper, and I just say, and Betsy has an exciting announcement about uh, tomorrow uh, afternoon, special event. Uh, and I just whisper it one line at a time to Betsy, and then she just repeats what I said. Um, and so there's no chance that she messes it up. And I may practice with her outside, uh, projecting your voice uh, out to the rest of the group. And people always say, well, then you won't hear Betsy in a, in a large dining hall or outside at uh, a day camp lunch. Uh, that's true. And I echo her. So when she says it, I say, so Betsy's telling us that. And I just say it louder than she did. But, you know, imagine 
the, the feeling in her heart to know that she was responsible for making this 15 second announcement. It really will be one of the great memories she has of the summer and is a great way of letting her know that she can be more confident and more responsible and be a leader, which is what people who make announcements do. And, and public speaking is always such a challenge for so many people. Uh, what you're suggesting really reinforces it from an early age. So you're so right. Yeah. Do you know, have you ever heard Jerry? Have, yes. I'm sorry. Did you ever hear Jerry Seinfeld's brilliant joke about um, speaking at a funeral? Have you ever no. heard that? No. I want to give I want to give Mr. Seinfeld 100 percent credit. This is his joke, not mine. But he said that uh, according to uh, studies, most people are uh, the number one fear other than physical health is uh, speaking in front of groups. Uh, they'd rather, you know, die than do that. Um, uh, and so he said that that means that for most people, um, uh, when they are asked to give a eulogy at a funeral, they would really rather be in the casket than <laughs> delivering the eulogy. Uh, that's and that's, uh, you know, supposedly true of, of many people. Yes, uh, they have a great fear. And all of these kids at school have to get up in front of a class and uh, uh, present their PowerPoint presentations. And what a wonderful thing if they get used to talking and teaching others. And uh, you can just use lunch yeah. as a no-cost way of providing that opportunity. Um, uh, can I plug something? Is that okay? An, a, sure. an event on the ACA calendar? Is that all right with you folks? Sure. It's, it's your calendar, and we appreciate you supporting <laughs> it. Um, I'm from uh, Chicago uh, area, uh, and uh, ACA Illinois uh, is sponsoring an event in November. And this, I'll pause here so you can all laugh and say, please, God willing, let us get through to November. But uh, in November, if you don't mind a save the date thing, um, November 4th, 5th, and 6th in the Chicago area, um, ACA Illinois is sponsoring um, a uh, super seminar for dynamic camp leadership. But uh, what the seminar is about is uh, I'm going to uh, identify these ways of being an intentional camp and supervising and training and uh, creating a camp that's driven by our mission and the uh, kind of activities and program ideas that we can do to make this much easier for you because this is very challenging to do. And if you'd like to join us for a smaller group learning experience, uh, it's up on the ACA calendar of events, along with many other great options for the fall. Just mark it on your calendar, if you don't mind, November 4th, 5th, and 6th, and then take a look when the, the season is over to see if that makes sense for you. Excellent. We'd love to uh, have you join us. If you like these kinds of ideas, you'll get a ton more and have a chance to actually write them down and practice them so that you'll be ready to hit the ground running for 2019. Sounds like well, a great event. Michael, Thanks. that just sounds like a terrific training. And I, I'm going to just piggyback off of um, your plug for that event. We are absolutely yeah. thrilled that you're going to be with us in Great Rivers um, in November, the 13th to the 15th. And so yes. um, that event is also up on the calendar. And we're very excited about that. But shifting gears a little bit, um, I just wanted to ask you about the best way to cover those critical topics um, such as mandated reporting, appropriate versus inappropriate behavior between <laughs> staff, the exciting between stuff, staff campers, exactly those, those topics. In other words, how do we share the importance of these topics, and of course there are a few others, um, in a way that staff will really get it and we'll retain that information that we're presenting. Well, this is a sad question, Miss Betsy, because wh why do you not see the drama in airborne pathogens? I, I don't understand why that would be boring. I, shame on you. 
Shame on you. Uh, yeah, here's some quick suggestions. Um, uh, I get asked this a lot. Here's some of my favorite ways to do it. Um, there is some stuff that, like when you're teaching a class uh, in a school, is more dull and boring, but it's very important. So how do you get through it? Here's a couple of suggestions. Um, first, hold a press conference. Um, yeah, a press conference is uh, accomplished in the, in the following way. What you do is, uh, as for preparation, let's say you have 15 minutes or 20 minutes or whatever it is of information you need to get and it's dull. You need to teach and it's dull. So what you do is, um, Betsy, you write down what you want them to know. Uh, just uh, you know, uh, type it out or write it out and uh, leave lots of blanks. And then uh, that's step one. So you, you know, ask yourself, well, at the end of 20 minutes, what do I want them to know about mandatory reporting? Or what do I want them to know about airborne pathogens or about emergency procedures when they hear the siren at camp or the horn go off? Um, uh, if a child is missing and we're looking for a lost child, et cetera. Then step two is I create questions that would lead to that information. So you put it in the form of a question. So the question might be, when we hear three blasts on the air horn uh, from the office, uh, what are the three things that we're supposed to do? Conveniently, we do three blasts because it helps remember that there's three things we do right away. Um, and then what you do is you write that on a file card and you give it uh, before the training to one of your staff people. Uh, I'll come back to who you give it to in a moment. And uh, I give it to uh, Betsy. And uh, I tell Betsy that we're going to have a press conference uh, at around uh, 10 o'clock this morning uh, during our training. And when I announce the press conference, uh, we will have some uh, reporters stand up and shout questions at the director and the assistant director. And um, uh, so it, it, let, let me just stop there. That's the bare bones of how you do it. I can tell you that when staff people are shouting the questions, what you are doing is very subtle here. But what you are doing is two subtle things. One, you are modeling the importance of asking for, uh, for help and for questions. Uh, you never say this, but what you're doing is you're having people stand up and ask questions from the authorities in the front. This is exactly what you want staff to do, so you're modeling it for them. When you're talking about handling uh, camper behavior, you want them to put their hand up and say, hey, can I ask you about you know, kids who uh, blah, 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 blah. So this is uh, encouraging and modeling question asking behavior. The second thing it models, um, uh, is uh, uh, delegating responsibility. Again, and we made reference to this before, instead of this information coming from you, this is what I, uh, this comes from peers. And so uh, peers are inviting this information. And when it looks like they're interested in knowing the answer, then that will uh, work uh, uh, to get people's attention. Uh, attend you, this is something you have to try to see whether your friend Michael knows what he's talking about, but the, the attention goes way, way up when people uh, come in now uh, and ask the questions. Now, um, my suggestion is you model, remember my PDP, the pass down principle. So the way we train staff is the way they're going to work with kids. So creativity is a very important part of leadership. So this is a moment for you to go crazy creative. So for example, um, uh, what you do is you stop uh, your last subject and then you say, now just before we take our mid-morning break, we have an opportunity to uh, answer some questions. And of course, nobody will ask them because that would delay the break. So what you then do is have the director come in. You have some people standing beside the director and they're playing a kazoo with hail to the chief. You have two more staff 
who are on each sides of the kazoo people and they're dressed in whatever camp version of a dark suit would be holding their hand to their ear with sunglasses as if they're secret service protection and um, they uh, walk alongside the uh, director or assistant director you put a seal on a little fake podium up in front and you pretend like it's a real press conference and you have them shouting and yelling and uh, it's uh, much more attention getting and you can get the information out much better. I will tell you, I, my undergraduate major was communication and I will tell you that organizing information using uh, what I call a spine, an organizational framework of questions instead of statements is always going to be better teaching. What that means is instead of getting up and saying these are the five things you need to know about mandatory reporting, it would be better to say these are five important questions that we have to uh, answer in order to uh, follow the law about mandatory reporting. And uh, in the next 10 minutes you're going to get the answers to those five questions. That motivates uh, adults to listen and young adults because there's a reason for me listening to you. Oh, I'm going to get the answers to these questions and I do want to know the answers because those questions are interesting or obviously important. So a press conference is one of my favorite ways to do it. Um, if you want more details in an actual script for that, um, uh, there, it, it's in Training Terrific Staff, my first book. It's described in great detail. And, uh, uh, but uh, if you have any questions about how to do it, uh, please send me an email and I'd be happy to, uh, to um, uh, answer any questions you have about this uh, very brief description of it. Um, if you're doing things like uh, dress code uh, and the way we're supposed to be dressed, do a project runway uh, spoof and have staff dressed appropriately or inappropriately. Um, and uh, uh, make it like a, a little show like that. Another way that I do policies, a third way uh, uh, is uh, multiple choice quizzes with silly answers. That's very attention getting as well. So you can put something up on a slide on a screen or on a flip chart or on poster board and what you can do is again combining the use of questions but Betsy you can say um, uh, which of the uh, you know which three of the following four ways is an appropriate way to deal with a child uh, who uh, is injured uh, when you're, you know, uh, some distance from the office, like on a hike or something like that. And then you give uh, three of the appropriate things, but the fourth answer is silly. And uh, that helps people uh, retain the information because it's more entertaining. Um, let me sneak in a fourth one. Um, one of the best ways to teach uh, policy and procedures and other dull stuff is to assign groups of people to teach it. Um, so you ask two people to present this rule in the manual and uh, you give them two minutes and um, all of the uh, different procedures and boring stuff don't have to be presented this way but you say I would like you to creatively find a way with a song or a multiple choice question or a uh, fake YouTube that you act out or a public service announcement that you act out and just do a 90 second skit that will tell everyone the information they need to know in order to either answer this question or get this particular dull point down. Whenever, I'm sure you're seeing a theme here, whenever you can get staff up there instead of you that's great and in fact I always tell my clients please put a card or a post-it or a sticky note or something up lad above your computer when you're planning training and uh, and it, it should say what part of this section of training could staff do how can I get someone else up there with me or instead of me that is a great question to ask as you're making your preparations for training now still looking to fill some staff positions this summer let campstaff.com connect you to thousands of camp job seekers. A two-way searchable database created by camp directors, Camp Staff has been connecting camps and staff since 1996. Looking for nurses? 
visit campstaffnurses.com. Enter coupon code CAMPWIRE to receive $50 off a monthly membership or $100 off of a yearly membership. These are absolutely fabulous ideas. Thank you so much. And I, I love the idea of really setting the stage and having staff own that part of the training as well as other parts um, yeah. uh, of it. So thank you. Thank you. Uh, Michael, we often hear of the struggle when camp staff member transitions in the camp organization to become a supervisor of their friends and colleagues. What suggestions uh, do you yeah. have? Uh, for our staff trainers to communicate the staff or, or the excuse me to communicate the camp organization hierarchy and accountability and helping our trainers differentiate themselves as supervisors versus a friend okay uh, well uh, two things uh, first it's important to talk with those people who are being promoted into leadership team positions to ask them to think about what is the difference now in your roles and do this in a Socratic, that is, again, question-asking way instead of just telling them, uh, remember, Brandon, you're going to be a team leader now and not just a counselor. Uh, we need Brandon to think this through. And the more that you contribute to this thinking as opposed to just listening, because I could tell you, I know what the differences are, but you do too. And with appropriate guidance, this should be part of your preparation to be a member of the leadership team. Uh, when do you do this? You can do it one-on-one. -on -one. You can do it um, uh, in a leadership team meeting. Uh, I think one of the most fantastic things, without question, uh, uh, this is just my opinion, that has happened at camp in the last 10 years is there is definitely more leadership team training going on out there as opposed to just uh, general staff training. And I'm so, uh, I'm so pleased to see this because the leadership team is the heart of camp. Um, I get asked uh, more often um, uh, to uh, include leadership team training as part of when I visit camps. And this, nobody asked me this 20, 30 years ago. Um, this is wonderful. And so I, I'm mentioning this to say this is a subject we talk about. You can do this yourself. When you get the leadership team together, spend five or ten minutes saying, let's just talk about role here. Some of you are new. Some of you have been doing this for years. Let's get our heads together here about what are the differences between serving on staff and actually um, leading staff. And, uh, what, uh, and, so it, and here's a couple of discussion leading uh, things you can do, Brandon. You can say, for example, take a piece of flip chart paper out and say, what are some words that we want the staff to say about us uh, behind our back uh, you know, with regard to our role as members of the leadership team. How do we want them to describe our relationship with them? What do we want them to uh, say about us? Uh, by the way, uh, the answer to that question and the number one thing at the top is uh, support supportive. That is the most important thing you want them to believe about you. Because to me, that is the biggest secret about being a boss or a team leader is you're there to support the people doing their best work. That's a whole management seminar right there in one sentence. So I should say it again slowly. Our whole job is to support them doing their best work. So when I'm a team leader or I'm a volunteer committee chair or whatever, um, I want everyone in the committee to say, uh, Michael, our chairperson, supported us doing our best work and making this valuable for us and contributing uh, our talent. Um, so that's really important. So uh, having them figure out what the words are and then the rest of that discussion, Brandon, is to say, so what do we need to do in order to make people see those words about us? That, that's a very important thing to do. Um, 
the uh, the other thing is um, I am much more uh, what would the word be aggressive or assertive I don't know I'm much more in people's face uh, about addressing the topic of how do you supervise friends mm-hmm. um, in fact at, uh, at this year's uh, national conference I presented a piece um, what did I call it uh, I think I called it fra- yeah phrases for friends um, uh, in which I uh, introduced uh, of what I think is the most important thing about uh, the answer to your question, which is how do you supervise people who you were uh, peers of uh, last summer? So, for example, and that happened to me all the time. I was, say, for example, a counselor or an activity leader, and then they would say, now we want you to be a supervisor, a member of the leadership team. So other people may not have gotten promoted, just as other people have been promoted before I did. So what do you do with this shift in relationship? So this is the advice I give them. And I'm, re- I'm right up front. I don't wait for this to happen during the summer. I tell them this before staff arrive. I say, you will be supervising some people who are your best buddies. These are your friends. The standard advice out there is to tell people, look, um, we can't let our friendship interfere. So Brandon, you and I would throw each other in, you know, in front of buses for each other. We are best buddies. Um, it's one of the best part of camps is I get to see, see you and work with you, but we got to put our friendship aside. Now I'm going to say those words again. We have to put our friendship aside. Um, I actually take leadership team members by surprise and say, don't say that. As a matter of fact, say the opposite. Do not put your friendship aside. So I go the other way. And what I do is I tell them to say something like this to their friend, Brandon, if they're going to be Brandon's uh, leader or, or supervisor or team, a leadership team member. What you do is you say to Brandon, look, because we're friends, um, we didn't decide, well, excuse me, let me start again. Um, Brandon, you and I did not decide what kind of roles we're going to have this year, but because we're friends, um, uh, you know better than anyone else how important it is for me to do this new job uh, uh, really well, just as I know it's important for you to do your job really well. So as friends, notice I'm using the word friends. I'm not avoiding it. We need to take extra care of each other. And so then I say a few things. Uh, one of my phrases is, Brandon, so if I ever get out of line this summer or I sound uh, bossy or I say something that's, you know, uh, embarrassing or, or, you know, spotlighting you or if I do anything that you're not comfortable with because we're friends, I'm underlining that again, I hope and I know that you will come to me privately and you'll let me know that I did that and you won't wait two weeks for this to fester. You'll let me know right away if you think I'm out of bounds in some way. And um, I will do the same for you because friends can do that and other people can't do that as honestly and comfortably. Um, I have other phrases like this. Um, uh, Let me do handout again. Um, I can find that. Um, I have the handout for that piece. uh, and uh, if you uh, email me and ask for the friends, supervising friends handout, I can send a PDF of that to you. I would give it to every member of your leadership team. And I would tell them that there's two ways you can use this approach, um, which is different than the old approach, which is to say, let's put our friendship aside. Um, uh, instead, to use this approach, there's two ways to use it. One is to, um, uh, do, uh, to have this ready so that if you sense some tension in the second week of camp or the end of the first week of camp, you can have a conversation and this will give you some conversation starters to talk it and put it out in the open. 
because um, that's the main advice here. Do, you know, put this right on the table. When you sense that people are uncomfortable or you know, they're rolling your eyes at you because you have to give them directions, uh, you need to talk to them about that and, and do this out loud. The other thing is, if you get a sense from staff person and your best friend Brandon that this is going to be trouble now that you've been promoted and Brandon hasn't, um, do a uh, preemptive strike and uh, take Brandon aside or send him an email and say, I can't wait to see you, bro. It's really going to be great. And, uh, um, uh, and then what you do is you say, um, uh, I have had some thoughts about our roles, and I just wanted to let you know that. And then you can use some of these phrases as part of this preemptory strike just to be sure that uh, he understands what the relationship is. By the way, you only do that if Brandon has sent you an email uh, uh, in the last week that said, uh, well, hi, Mr. Boss, you know, it'll be great to see you. And, you know, you think he's kidding, but he may not be kidding. So uh, what you do, you know, uh, uh, you know, I'll be sure to salute you when I see you. So he's making these, you know, joking remarks. But, you know, as we all know, sometimes behind humor is actual to the truth. So uh, I can suggest those, uh, that this kind of approach is much better. So two, in summary, two things. Uh, do not let it fester. Bring it right out in the open. Okay. having a respectful conversation and listening to people. It would be great to ask Brandon, how are you feeling about this? And uh, do you have any thoughts about it? And can we rely on each other as friends mm -hmm. to, um, uh, to talk about it and to be open and honest with each other? Fantastic. Thank you, Michael. Of course. And Brandon, Thanks. I hope you're still my friend after asking that question. <laughs> I am. I am. <laughs> okay. Then I'm fine. So, Michael, this is Kim again. Hi, Kim. We have such an awesome um, ability to um, work with our young adults and our, our camp leaders to, um, you know, really pull off an, an awesome goal. And how do we help our staff become aware of and comfortable with their role in shaping and enhancing that overall quintessential camp experience? How do we have them be present to have that happen? Wow. You got another hour of podcast time? Yeah. Sorry. You guys have such great questions. Um, well, a short answer, Kim, to what obviously is, uh, you know, the subject of a, uh, of a whole presentation is, uh, and it, this is cool because now at the end we can go back to where we started, which is where I said, you know, so many of these things start at the beginning. I think the way you shape a young person's understanding of her or his role is um, by being sure that they understand that you are, again, what I call an intentional camp. That is that you're driven by mission. I have something I call the great file card test. And uh, th that's, um, that test, uh, test in quotes, is hypothetical. It's just a thought experiment. But if after the first 10 minutes of SD1, Staff Development 1, the training that we do before the campers arrive, if after the first 10 minutes you passed out a blank file card and you asked everyone a question and asked them to please print their best answer in their own words on the file card, and the question was, what are we doing here? What's our intended product? You can ask this in several different ways. What do we want camp to produce? How do we want kids to change? Or what do we want to happen as a result of, of a great camp experience? And then you head them off by saying, as I like to do in, in our seminars, um, it, the answer is not fun. Um, we are going to have fun, but that's not the reason we're here. Fun is not the mission. 
Uh, what do we want to actually have happen as a result of all this hard work? We applaud you joining our team. We are so excited that you're here. This is one of the hardest jobs you can have. Um, but what are we doing it for? How's the world going to be different for our children um, uh, and, and for you as staff as a result of camp? Um, uh, I, I, that's much wordier than you actually put it. You just basically ask them a forward question. What do we, you know, why are we here? What are we doing here? What's our product? What's the, what's the purpose? And uh, so then I asked directors, would everyone write down the same thing? And the answer usually, uh, they're honest and they say no. And um, then I say, let's accept that as a challenge. In the first 10 minutes, everybody's got to be able to answer that question. Everybody's got to know, why are we running our camp? What, what difference in the world do we want to make? Um, I think the failure to have a united purpose is, is, is one of the reasons that people sometimes, you know, don't act as professionally as they could or take the job as seriously as they could. Mm -hmm. And I am a big believer, again, going back to my communication uh, um, uh, education, uh, what people here first says this is what's most important and I believe you start with this I, I often say you know a lot of camps uh, Kim will do uh, you know how they do team building and things like that to, for the staff to get to know each other and that's what they do the first hour or so of training you've seen right. stuff like that yeah um, I always tell people it's great to build a team but speaking of teams do they know what game they're playing as a team right Start with that. What's the game? And then go out to the low ropes course and then get them to fall down in the dirt and have fun with each other and, you know, do trust falls and, and, and learn and learn that they can, you know, be partners with each other. But what are they? They're partners in a business to do what? Right. So um, um, I've written, you know, chapters and chapters, probably hundreds of pages. Um, all of my books come back to the same thing, which is we, these are creative ways of explaining this. It should not be dull. This should be the most exciting thing that we do in training is answering this question. What are we doing here? Um, uh, in, in, uh, one of the suggestions I have, um, in fact, somebody just wrote me an email just this morning and she asked, uh, she wanted to know which, uh, uh, which chapter this is in. Um, it's delighted that, that people use this. It's so simple. Just get a bunch of maps. This is before Google Maps, everybody. Some, uh, just go to a, uh, uh, do they still have them at gas stations? I don't actually know, but get some actual written maps. That'll be an education for staff right there. And tape about four or five of them together and make a giant map that's, that when unrolled will um, cross the entire front of the room. And roll it up in a tube and uh, in a uh, you know, formal uh, music-based presentation, play some music, do whatever you want, be creative, but um, have them bring the map up and then uh, uh, stretch the map, unroll it, from side to side, and that's attention grabbing. No one's, you know, looking out a window when this happens. They've never seen a map this big or maybe even a printed map. And then have them turn it around to the other side. And on the other side, it just says the words in really big letters, of course, where are we going? Um, and that's what gives people purpose. Uh, then, of course, we have to answer that question. And I've got lots of activities and things that help people do that. But that, to me, is how I shape their sense of purpose, which is from the very beginning to be sure that they understand why we're there in the first place. That's great. Thank you. Like you said, we could probably talk all day about this one. Kind of Indeed. You've written well, we could do another podcast. <laughs> exactly. Or come, come uh, November 4th, 5th, and 6th, and you'll get dozens and dozens of ways you don't have to make them up.
But if you're if you're thinking about this summer, get a map and tape it together, um, or um, uh, get up in front of your staff and clap your hands two times, three times, four times. So it sounds. I don't know if you can hear this, but can you hear that? Yep. Yeah. You go one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, and you know how they shout, shout, "Let's go." So just do this this summer. Just get up in front of them. And this can be one of the first or the first way that you start your training. You just go up and you say, welcome, everybody. And you say, please follow me. And then you just get them to do this. One, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four. And then everyone shouts, let's go. And you have them do a fist bump. And they do more and more of that. They do it about three times. And then um, uh, have somebody staged in your group to um, be ready uh, and you point to her and you say, uh, Kim, it looks like you have a question. And Kim jumps up as she's practiced and I write it down for them. You know, sometimes they get nervous. It's right on the card. There's no way for Kim to mess it up. And she says, Michael, I have a question. And then Michael says, what's the question? And she says, where are we going? So in other words, you go one, two, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, let's go. And then we keep shouting it and shouting it like we're at a sports event. And then Kim jumps up and says, here's a question. Where are we going? Mm-hmm. And that's all you need. That way you don't even need to tape maps together. But that's a, that's a fun and creative and audience-involving way of getting people to address from the very beginning the reason that we're here and the profound difference we can make in the lives of our campers this summer. Great. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great place to um, wrap it up and then keep people on the edge of their seat for the next time we bring you into a podcast. It would be a pleasure. (laughs) And I want to wish everyone a tremendous uh, season uh, focused on uh, making sure that uh, we use our camp experience in a way that will uh, uh, benefit not only kids, but our staff as well. Great. Thanks for all the hard work all of you do. It's much appreciated. Yeah, thanks so much. travels to to 14 states. Absolutely. (laughs) Thank you. I'll see you at an airport near you. Wow. Thanks again to our PD team and a big thank you to Michael Brandewine for taking the time to talk right before he travels to all those camps for his in-person staff trainings. Hey, are you listening to this on your iPhone? If you are, please be sure to search Campwire in your podcast app and subscribe. And if you want to, go ahead and rate the podcast as well. If you're not using an iPhone, that's perfectly fine too. Continue to download or stream Uh, or however you're doing this, from wherever you're doing it, just keep doing it. Thank you. Uh, If you're on social media and want to follow us, we're at ACA Camps on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, So stay uh, connected there, and stay tuned for more episodes in this coming in the summer and into the fall, and thanks so much for listening.